Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. What I want to talk to you about today is conquering life's limitations. You know, if you have a limitation in your life, you have a restriction, right? You have a containment. You have a confinement that you're only able to go in a certain area. You know, I think about caged animals, and I think about how sad that is to me that, that you know, they're caged. I, and even, you know, uh, with our animals, you know, if we're going to take them to the vet, we put them in those little uh, carts, whatever you call them, you know, crates. And, um, you know, and some people leave their animal in that. I'll, I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that to my little Maggie because they're so confined and so constrained and have no room to move. And, you know, many times that's what's Satan does to the people of God. That's what circumstances of life will do to the people of God, will contain us in a certain area when all the time God wants us to be able to stretch out beyond that and push those lines that are there out. And we begin to be the men and women of God that he has called us to be. Now, I lived my life for a long period of time being confined because I was confined, guess where? In my mind. I was confined in my mind, and I thought, this is what I have to do, this is the way I have to be, and this is the way I have to act. And, you know, I, was, I thought all of that. Who knows why I thought all of that? But then when I got into the Bible... And I began to put the Bible in my heart and let it renew my mind. Then all of a sudden, I had some brand new thinking. And I began to see those limitations and those lines that were there. And bless God, I'm not living that way. No devil, no circumstances, no people, nobody else is going to keep me contained in that. And see, some of you, you're at a place in your life where you need to make a decision. You have lived confined all of your life. There's no better day than today to kick those things out of place and you begin to follow God and renew your mind and accomplish with your life what God has called you to do. I tell you, I'm going to accomplish my purpose. And I want you, I want every one of you that are in this room and every one of the people that are a part of the congregation of Redemption Church, I want you to accomplish your purpose. And when you leave this earth, you know that you did what God wanted you to do, that you didn't live restricted and confined. And see, it's different for all of us. You know, my, my sense of confinement may not be what you are dealing with. So God deals with us on an individual basis. Amen? Now, there are boundaries that we know that are good boundaries. So I'm not talking about things like that. They're good boundaries. The Word of God gives us boundaries, doesn't it? It helps us know the parameters that we can live in. You can't sin and be in right fellowship with God, right? So he tells us those things, and he sets the parameters. You can, you can live that way if you want to, but you won't be in right standing with God. I think I'll just camp there for a few minutes. We need to live holy and separated lives under the Lord. Amen? 
So the Bible gives us parameters to keep us safe and keep us protected. So I'm not talking about those kind of limits. And then what we deal with, you know, uh, several years ago, I don't know how many now, but then there's all kinds of books since that come out, you know, boundaries for marriage and boundaries in relationship and all of that. And, and it really is good because it tells you how to function, in, you know, in your marriage in a godly way and the parameters that you need to establish and that you need to live there. You can't just run all over each other, treat each other badly. You got to have boundaries on what's acceptable and be rude and, uh, you know, uh, just unkind and all of that. You can't do that in marriage or you won't have a good marriage. So there are boundaries that are there. And see, the Bible helps us to establish again to, to have a good and fruitful and productive life. And so I'm not talking about those kinds of things. The kind of limitation and boundaries that I'm talking about this morning is what the devil puts in your mind is this is the way you have to be. You were born this way. This is the way your family. Get out of that mold. When you came to Jesus, you got a new family. Now, it doesn't mean that we disregard our family and treat them badly. We love them and treat them right. But if there were issues inside your family, you don't have to be limited. You can conquer those limitations and come out of that. I do not want to live year after year after year facing the same problems, going around the same mountain. Seems like to me uh, God said something about that. He spoke to the children of Israel and he said, you've been going around this mountain too long. And I'll say that to you this morning. Some of you here, you've been going around the mountain too long. God wants you to get some things accomplished with your life and that requires that you've got to have some different thinking. Instead of stinking thinking... You need to have a word-oriented kind of thought process. Amen? Amen? So I want you to take your Bible and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16. And if you all would put that up in the Amplified for me, I want to read that. 1 Corinthians 2.16. And I want us to look at it together this morning and we will read this. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? Well, we can't do that. Isn't that ludicrous? You know, that's not going to be a human being, right? But listen to this. This is talking to the children of God. But we, we can't instruct God, but we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, the feelings, and purposes of his heart in our heart. So I want you to recognize and realize that, that the very mind of Christ is available to you. You don't have to have the old way of thinking that you've had all of your life. You now have, if you know, see some people prayed to receive Jesus this morning. Now you have the ability to tap into the mind of Christ. 
and get his feelings and his thoughts and his purposes to help direct your life. You are not on your own and you don't just throw the dice, roll them out there, you know, or throw the coin, heads I do this, tails I do something else. That's not what we do, is it? We have the very counsel of God and the purpose of God on the inside of us and he says, you, I'm talking to you. You have the mind of Christ. You may not be operating in it. You may not be functioning with the mind of Christ. You may be making foolish decisions, wrong judgments, but I'm telling you, you have the ability to tap in to the mind of Christ. Now, if I ask this morning, how many people have made bad poor decisions. Every one of us would raise their hand because we all have. But see, just because you did in the past doesn't mean that that is now and in your future. That can change because you have the thoughts and purposes of God. Listen, if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then that means Jesus lives in you now. When you get up today and you speak to these people that are around, you go to the restaurant or wherever you go. Some of you will go to work. Wherever you go, you take Jesus with you. Well, I wouldn't want Jesus to go in here with me. Well, you better not go in those places if you don't want Jesus to go with you. But when you go, not only are you taking Jesus with you, you are taking his mind with you and his thoughts and purposes with you. Some of you, you believe that you're dumb. Some of you, you believe that you don't have a whole lot going on in your life. I have a good word for you today. Listen to me. You have the mind of Christ. You are sharp. You are smart. You may not be functioning and operating in it, but you have that ability. There are some times when I don't know what to do. But you know what I do? I go to God and I ask you, what is your plan? What is your purpose? What is your thought? What is your feeling toward this? But you know, if you're going to have the mind of Christ, one of the greatest things that you will need is this Bible. Because when you think, am I really hearing from God or not, then you will know if it agrees with this. The Spirit and the Word agree. The Spirit that you think you're hearing will agree with what this book says. So if it doesn't and it's totally opposed to what the Bible says, you'll know that is not the mind of Christ. That is not the mind of Christ. Let me tell you. One of the biggest things that the devil does is try to blind the minds of people. Isn't that true? But see, he cannot blind the mind of a Christian unless a Christian submits to that. Because he blinds the people of this world. He blinds their minds so that they don't see that Jesus is the Messiah, so that they won't accept it. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that he blinds their eyes that they cannot see. So the devil, if you're in covenant with God, has no right to bring blindness to you. Has no right to. If you're in covenant with God and you're living for God, now if you're out here one foot in the world, one foot in the church, well you can't, you can't do any of the things that we talk about here. Every Sunday, you can't function in those things 
because you're not serving the Lord and you're not in a covenant with him. You're half-stepping. But if you're in covenant with him, then Satan has no right to blind your mind. So what do you do? You take authority over blinding spirits that would try to block the wisdom and insight and the mind of Christ from your life. We don't have to bumble and stumble anymore through life. Do you hear me? You need to hear that. So we right now, not going to have, we right now have the very mind of Christ. And I can tell you what, there's no limitations on what God can reveal and show to you if you're open to it. I expect God to show me things all the time. You know, one of the scriptures that I've confessed for years, I have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One, and guess what? I know all things. I know things. I know things. I'm not in the dark. And we need, to, we need that in the day that we live in because there's so much darkness all around us. Amen? So we have the ability to think right, to make good judgments and decisions. Some of you, you, you need to make decisions. I'm speaking this by the Spirit. Some of you need to make decisions. You have been living years in the same set of circumstances and nothing is going to change for you until you make a decision. You've got to make a decision for some changes. You keep hoping, you keep doing this, you keep doing that, but you got to take and make a decision. This is the way of the Lord. I'm going to follow it. If I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting the same results. It's foolish to think that you can keep on living and doing the same thing that you've been living and doing for years and that you're going to get different results because that's not going to happen. But when you make a decision, a good decision through the mind of Christ, then God will be there to help you and you will operate and function in his wisdom instead of the wisdom that is of this world that is earthly, sensual, and devilish. It's natural. It, you know, there's natural wisdom that the world, the world would tell you don't tithe. Isn't that right? Especially now, you better stop tithing. That's sensual. That's earthly. That's natural wisdom. And that's not the kind of wisdom that God wants us to operate in. Now, I will say, you know, that, you know, that God, uh, you know, is, is not ridiculous either. You know, some people say they're operating in the wisdom of God, and they're really not. If you're operating in the wisdom of God, then some things, good things, are going to happen in your life. Doesn't mean that everything is exactly um, right, but when you make good decisions, when you make wise decisions, you're going to get wise results. Amen? Psalm 78, 41 says this, yes, again and again, they tempted God. They tested God. They put God to the test. Who's this talking about? The children of Israel. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Why? Because they didn't take him at his word. When I preach to you this morning that you have the mind of Christ, and you don't take God at his word, and you just think that you have to go on functioning the way that you have without operating and tapping into the mind of Christ, then you don't believe what I say, and it's putting God to the test. When all the time God wants to bring you wisdom, good judgment in your life. Amen? 
So we, we do that by not, uh, uh, we limit God and test him by not taking him at his word and not believing what he has told us. And then also another thing that was really prevalent there with the children of Israel was all the griping and complaining. When you have the mind of Christ, I'm going to tell you that griping and complaining and murmuring and mumbling, God will speak to you about that. And he'll say, get that straight. Because you're not believing me, you're not trusting me, you're not you're not obeying what I say. Rather, you're complaining about the inability that you say you have to get results. But it is not an inability. Our sufficiency, the Bible says in Corinthians, our sufficiency or ability, you could say, is of Christ. So, Jesus is our ability. And so when we gripe and complain rather than accepting and receiving the mind of the Lord, the good judgment, the, the, the wisdom of God, God is not pleased. It's, it's really like they were doing and testing and tempting God. So we can't do that. Now I'm going to tell you what God wants to do. He wants you to expand where you are. You know, didn't he tell Isaiah in Isaiah 54, enlarge your tent. What is a tent? That's your dwelling place. That's where you live. That's the place where you live. I tell you, some of you are living, like I said a moment ago, in that little crate, you know, that people will cart their animals to the vet in. That's where you're living. And God wants to open that door this morning, and he wants to let you out, and he wants you to experience his release and his liberty and his freedom, and that you can make right decisions for your life. You know, you may have had financial calamity, and when those kinds of things happen to you, you know, it, it makes us go inward and it makes us live in a, a, a restricted way. But God wants to bring you out of that. And when you receive the mind of Christ, you could have made a hundred bad decisions. But when you receive the mind of Christ and you begin to function in the mind of Christ, having your mind renewed by the word of God, then you will begin to make right decisions and you will begin to have good judgment, not live foolishly. You know, see, don't be condemned over your past. If you've made foolish decisions, it's just like I told the people that don't tithe. Begin today, okay? Today, you begin to make right decisions. And that is going to be when you focus on the Lord, you focus on the Word, and you accept and receive the mind of Christ that He has for you. Amen? His ways are not our ways. He has a higher way to live. And so we have to enlarge the place where we are and strengthen the tent pegs, you know, strengthen uh, about. And I tell you, there's no great, uh, greater way to strengthen your life than through the scriptures. Amen? And I'm, I'm just going to tell you something here. I'm, I'm deviate just a little bit. But I, I'm going to tell you, it's not just what you see that is going to benefit you. It's really not. It's not just what you see. But it is what you see and it is what you do that makes a difference. What you see and what you do. Doesn't James have something to say about that? He said there was a man who had a mirror, and he looked into the mirror, he saw his image, walked away, and forgot what it was. 
But the man who will look in the mirror, see the image, remember that, and begin to do the word of God, this man is blessed in his deeds. And so it's not just what, some of you, you're here, you're here this morning, and you're here most every Sunday morning. You know, I can't say that about everybody. You know, we got once a month Christians and Easter and Christmas Christians, you know. But most of you all, you know, you're, you're here on Sunday mornings. And you know, isn't it, I tell you, the Word of God from this pulpit through my husband, and I'm just going to brag on him, I'm telling you, he operates and functions with such wisdom and speaks things that will help us and grow us and nurture us. But you can be here every single week when the Word of God is being preached. You can be here today and hear the Word of God and go out the door and forget, oh, that was wonderful. You know, I'm going to stand at the door when it was over. That was good. You know, God really spoke to me this morning. And, you know, I like to hear those encouraging words. Eddie likes to hear those encouraging words. But I want to tell you what, if you just say that and then you go out those doors and this week you do not put into practice what you hear, you are a forgetful hearer. You have to do the word of God. And that's what James tells us. Be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. So if you want to hear, if you want to receive the mind of Christ, you begin to renew your mind like the Bible tells you. And when you renew your mind, then you will begin to do things the way that he wants them. Not just renew your mind and never take any actions. Those of you that got filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, see, if you let that live and die right here, down here at the altar, and so many people came to get filled with the Holy Spirit, then it's not going to benefit you because you don't do what you heard. But you can take that prayer language, you can take the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and you take it with you, and everywhere you go, and all your involvement in life, and then you pray in your prayer language what God gave you today. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, but you can forget about that and not tap into the power that He has for you, and just live life powerlessly. But I don't think that's what's going to happen to you. And so we can be here every week hearing the Word of God. But it really doesn't change us because we're not doing it. We have to do it. Amen. Everybody say you have to do the word. Have to do the word. Amen. We need to get a vision for what God has for our life. You say, well, I'm 60 years old. I don't, I don't know what the vision of God is. I'm 70 years old. Well, you know what? You have the mind of Christ, I'd be finding out before I left this earth. If I had only a few years to do it, I would be doing it. Amen? We need to get ready and we need to prepare for what God wants to do in our life. We need to get God's thoughts. I tell you what, you need to know and understand that God, God's Word says some things about you. He wants you to live whole. He wants you to live healthy. Did you know that? That, listen, is the mind of Christ. Okay, so when other people come to you, well, this is just a part, you know, of this, and, you know, this is just the way it has to be. No, you better answer that thought. You might not answer it out in front of everybody else, but you better answer that thought to yourself. No, this is not the way it has to be. It may be that way for others, but I don't receive that. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm healthy. It doesn't matter what I see, what I hear, what's around me. 
The world system, the world's wisdom, earthly, sensual, and devilish, I received godly wisdom. So you got to know what God's plan is, what his thoughts are towards you. His thoughts are towards you to bless you. See, a long time I didn't know that. I didn't know that God wanted to bless. I thought I had to duck sometimes because God may have that heavenly ball bat out, and I didn't know if it might strike me. And see, some people live that way. God is good and the devil is bad, and we need to get that. So God blesses us. That's his thought toward us. That he would bless us so that we could be a... He blesses us. His thought is, I'm going to bless my people, and then when I bless them, they're going to bless others. That's the thought or the mind of Christ. Also, the mind of Christ is that you would prosper. Well, that's not what the world is saying right now. Look, I, I watch the news because I want to be up to date and current. But I'm going to tell you, there is a limit. There is a limit. And it's like, cut that thing off. I can't take any more of this. Because it drains you of the mind of Christ. You've got so many things countering the mind of Christ and the thoughts of God in your life. Amen? <clears throat> he wants you to have a good home. Oh, my God. You know? See, I'm not in, you know, I think we passed, you know, uh, you know, just all the time, all we talk about is possessions. We're, we're long past that. We're, we're long past that. But if you think that God will bless you because you do without and you don't have what you need, that that's God's blessing on your life. You're misled. That is not the thought of God. You'll build a goodly house and you'll live in it. The curse is the other way. You build it and you don't get to live in it. Or you have it and you don't get to live in it. That's the curse. And you were redeemed from the curse of the law through Jesus Christ. And so God wants you to have a good place to live. And I'm going to tell you something. The hand of the diligent tends only to plenteousness. And you know where I'm going. If that house that you've got now that you can't get in it because there's so much junk and trash and you never clean it and it's all piled up and we come past your house and you, it looks like a sluggard lives there because you don't mow your yard and you got a washing machine sitting out on your porch or whatever... The hand of the diligent tends to plenteous. Get it cleaned up. God wants you to have a good home. But you know what? You better take care of what he's given you. Well, you say it's not much. I tell you what. I lived, when we started this church, I lived in the worst house, you know, because we came back from California and, you know, we had built homes and, and you know, they weren't like, mansions or anything, but they were nice homes. And then when I, we came back to go into ministry, then what I found was, you know, financially, we just had to do what we had to do where we were. And I can remember walking into this home that we eventually ended renting, and we'd even have mid midweek service in there. And in that home, there was uh, it, it looked like they had worked on their cars in the living room because in that carpet was a big oil spot or something, you know, that was on there. And I went through that house, and I felt like crying. I, I did, but it's all we could do. But you know what? The hand of the diligent tends only to plenteousness, and I got that thing cleaned up, and. Eddie got that yard looking right. So, I mean, it looked like a different house. 
But you know what? When you're blessed and you have the thoughts of God, then you think differently about your possessions, even though it may not be the best in the world. And that car that you drive, and you know, we've got cartons of this and bottles of that, and you know, McDonald's wrappers and everything else, get your garbage can and get in that thing and clean it up if you want God to give you another car. Be diligent and take care of what God gives you. Well, boy, I've gone to meddling now, hadn't I? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That The thought that God gives to us to be like God, to experience his blessing, is we do not live like trash. Like that's around us. We don't live that way. When God's in you, you start cleaning things up. Whether it's your life, your body, your mind, your language, where you live, what you drive. Now, I'm not being eccentric, and, you know, I'm a clean freak, and you all know that if you know me. So I'm not talking about that. You don't have to be like that. I'm not. But don't live, you know, below what God wants you to, to live like. He wants to prosper you and bless you and give you a home and give you a car and give you possessions. You want some nice furniture? You vacuum what you've got. You get your spot cleaner out and you take care of it. You arrange that room and you get that house looking the way it needs to. And then that's the mind of Christ. And then God will begin to give you what you need if you believe him for it. But I tell you, if you just keep waiting on the porch for the sofa to come, if you just keep waiting on the porch, you know, for the new house to come, it doesn't work that way. You got to get the mind of Christ in you and you got to act like you have the mind of Christ. You got to do the things that it takes. Amen. All right. I tell you what, I'm totally, totally out of time. There's so much I wanted to say this morning, but I just want to leave with you the thoughts that you're not struggling to get the mind of Christ and his thoughts and purposes for your heart, but you right now, this this very minute, this very second that you sit here, you have the mind of Christ and you have ability in your life. The ability is of God. Our sufficiency is of Jesus Christ. And so you can be renewed, and I wish I'd gotten there, Romans 12 too, but we'll talk about that later. You have the ability to get your mind transformed out of the earthly, sensual, and devilish realm into the kingdom. You can be transformed, you know, just like a butterfly, you know, starts out in, you know, um, a different form before it becomes a butterfly, you know, transformed. It, it, it changed. That, that butterfly was one shape and it changed into something else. That's the way God wants to do with your life. He wants to take you where you are right this very moment and he wants to transform you. You say, well, I'm not so bad this morning. Well, you know, then you can be extremely better, you know. So just think of it like that. You can be transformed, but it comes, the, the transformation comes as you renew your mind. And what do you renew your mind? If you renew your mind to the six o'clock news, guess what? It's not going to be too good. That's the earthly, sensual, and devilish realm. But if you renew your mind to the Word of God, you begin to take, listen, are you listening as I close? You begin to take the very thoughts of God 
and you begin to put them in your mind. Instead, oh, you know, I, I was told this, and I thought that. I thought things, you know, were in the Bible, you know, that are not even in the Bible. Things were, t you know, preached and told. Not that people were trying to be mean or mislead me, but they didn't half read it, so, you know, they can't tell you. You know, and many of you, you know what I'm talking about. But you were actually taking in the thought, oh, this is the way God thinks about that. This is what God thinks about me. This is what God thinks about my family. See, we can have wrong interpretations of what God has for our life, but we must renew it on the Word of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.